You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to episode 79 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors regarding all the new Star Wars movies and all the other exciting upcoming projects in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle, I'm doing good. And Do you mind if I just peel back the curtain a little bit of our podcast? But boy, we just had a heck of a pre-recording <laughs> episode. <laughs> Yeah, we're ready to get into all the good Star Wars stuff, but especially with Rogue One. So I'm doing great. Yeah, I I don't know why I'm in like a weird mood tonight. And it took me like 20 tries to get that intro right. (laughs) Um, Needless to say, it's been very entertaining. Yes, it has. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're ready to jump in and talk some Star Wars. Got a lot of Rogue One stuff to talk about. But before we get to all that, uh, we just want to take a, a serious moment here at the beginning of the podcast uh, to just mention and honor uh, Kenny Baker, um, you know, the actor who played R2-D2 in the first six uh, Star Wars films, who uh, recently passed away at the age of 81. Um, I think it was right after our last episode uh, that we put out um, that this news came out, and so we didn't get to talk about it then. But, um, you know, it's been seeing a lot of, you know, love and support for him and his family, you know, from fans all over the internet. And that's been nice to see. Um, and, you know, certainly we send out our support as well. And, uh, you know, it's sad to, uh, to see, um, you know, the passing of, uh, such a, an integral member of the Star Wars family. Um, but certainly, you know, he'll, he'll be missed and remembered for all his, his great contributions to the franchise. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a bummer to hear that on uh, Saturday on August 13th when it happened. But like you said, it'll definitely be remembered, of course, in the Star Wars films. And the seeing the you know support that was shown through fans and then his fellow cast members, too. We're seeing tweets from like Hugh McGregor, Daniel Logan, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels. Just everyone showing their love for Kenny was great to see. So, yeah, he'll be missed, but he'll definitely be remembered for what he brought to R2 and all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, well, let's talk some Rogue One because, um, obviously on our last episode, we talked about the new trailer and there's been a lot more stuff coming out since then. Um, as was the case with, uh, you know, the big trailer for the force awakens last year, uh, we got the Rogue One trailer and then a couple days later, we got the international trailer, which, you know, is a, uh, a different recut version of it with, you know, some new footage and stuff in there. Um, so let's talk about this briefly, because 
Um, I just rewatched this again before we recorded, and it, a lot of it is pretty similar to um, the uh, the you know new U.S. trailer, whatever you want to call it, um, that we talked about last time. Especially, if, you know, for the last like three quarters of the trailer, or so it seems to be pretty much the same. Um, maybe with you know some different music or some different dialogue or whatever, but there definitely is. Uh, just a couple things in the beginning that are, are kind of a big deal that we've heard, you know, some rumors about, but definitely hadn't heard any like official confirmation and it hadn't been in any of the other trailers. Um, so when the trailer starts off, we, we get some new dialogue from Mon Mothma uh, just talking about um, the, you know, how the Empire has this new secret weapons project and that um, there's, you know, some information about a, a test that they're doing and that we have to find out what it is and stop it and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, we've kind of seen this scene before in the trailers um, with, uh, you know, where they're in the rebel base and it's Mon Mothma and Jin and Cassian and this other rebel commander guy. Um, but there's just kind of some new shots and angles and whatnot. And then Mon Mothma says, um, I think it's Mon Mothma, maybe it's somebody else in the room, but they tell Jin, you know, we got this information from your father. Yeah, it's actually Cassian who says it. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, a big moment there. Like, and, and of course, we've heard you know some rumors and leaked spoilers and stuff about um, how the the mysterious character that Mads Mikkelsen is playing that that's going to be Jin's father and uh, that he'll have some highly sought after knowledge about the Death Star. But now here it is, right in this trailer, like they're kind of blowing the lid off it, like yes, her father's in this movie, and yes, he has an integral integral role to play as he's the one who first alerts the Rebels to, you know, even the existence of the Death Star. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the, the big takeaway for me from, uh, you know, this different international version of the trailer. Yeah, same here. I mean, it was mainly the dialogue that was different from the first trailer that we got, and yeah, I, I thought the same thing when Cassian mentions that the transmission was from your father. I was like, whoa, they're, they're saying that already? Because, yeah, we knew that Madison Nicholson was playing her father and that somehow he's connected with the Death Star plans. But to find out that, you know, he's the reason that the Rebels get that information is from him. Now, it didn't make it clear where, like, if he actually sent it to the Rebels of, or if he was sending it to the... Well, no, they, did, they said they intercepted a transmission... I believe an imperial transmission. So maybe he wasn't sending it directly to them, but still, they get their information from her father, which um, you know probably is something that you expect them to say when you see the movie. But to put that in a trailer it was kind of surprising. So that stood out to me as well. But the other thing about the international trailer that was great was you remember my one complaint about the original trailer we got: no new shots of the Death Troopers. But this international trailer got me covered. <laughs> there was one <laughs> new shot of them just roaming on that or running on top of that uh, grass field that we've seen plenty of pictures of. So mm -hmm. it was a quick shot, but it was new and I ate it up. So yeah, well, yeah, we know you'll take whatever you can get. Of course. So it's like, I can't even complain anymore or have any complaints about the first trailer we got. Well, I keep saying the first trailer, technically it's the second one, but the first main trailer, not the teaser we got a few weeks ago, that was my only nitpick. And now I have nothing because I got a new Death Trooper shot, and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know we talked about on our last episode, too, like wondering if we would maybe get another trailer for Rogue One before the movie comes out or if this is it. Um, and while I still think this is kind of far out to release the last trailer for the movie, at the same time, you know, just thinking about the one last year, I'm like, well, they didn't release an international trailer for The Force Awakens until 
right after that last trailer came out in October. So maybe the fact that there's an international trailer for this, like maybe this is it. Um, and I do think though that the Force Awakens one had a lot more new footage from uh, the first or the final Force Awakens trailer we got than the international Rogue One trailer did from mm -hmm. the last trailer we got. Like I said, it was mainly more new dialogue than actual footage. That's true. And it was a lot of really a combination of both the Rogue One teaser and the latest trailer because had more of the same dialogue that Saw Gerrera had in the first one and it ended, I believe, or near the end where we see that shot of Jin uh, in the Imperial disguise looking back at whoever is standing behind her. So it kind of was a combination of both trailers that we got, more so than I thought the Force Awakens one was. So there are differences where I think we will get another third trailer for Rogue One because there just wasn't too much new in it than like the Force Awakens one mm -hmm. was last year. Yeah, and you can certainly always have, you know, there can be international trailer number two. Like I'm pretty yeah, sure other true. movies have done that. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I mean, as I've said before, like I, I think obviously if they release another trailer that is fine by me and I'm going to eat it up and we'll do another review episode of it. And you know, that'll be awesome, but I'm not like still hungering for more at this point. And it was still cool to get though. <laughs> I mean, it took us by surprise, but it was like, okay, I'll take it more new rogue one footage. And it oh, was yeah, kind of those sure. things where like, I was, I don't want to say disappointed, but after I saw it, I was like, Oh, there wasn't that much new footage. Like I was hoping, but it was still cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, when are you ever going to complain about a new Star Wars trailer? Exactly. I mean, unless you're really avoiding spoilers and <laughs> it just becomes hard for you not to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you're avoiding spoilers, you can just avoid the trailers. Like, yeah. I mean, cause I'm sure even whether or not we get another trailer, like as we get closer to the movie coming out, you're going to start getting a bunch of TV spots, just like you did with the force awakens. And you know, those will probably reveal some little things here or there that some people might not want to know. Um, but uh it just becomes so hard not to watch it for me anyway it's like i don't yeah. think i could ever not watch all that stuff oh i don't know with tv spots i did pretty well with with staying away from those at least like the last week or two before the force awakens came out like i watched the first few and then once i had seen maybe like three or four i was like okay i'm good the movie's yeah, coming I, out like next week i can wait pretty early on like around the third tv spot i just said yeah screw it i'm gonna watch whatever they put out because <laughs> I, I could say try to talk like i'm gonna resist watching but i know i'm gonna watch it so don't even try just take it in and trust in lucasfilm and disney not to show and reveal all the cool stuff in those tv spots and yeah i think they did a good job there wasn't anything that i really saw that made me go oh, i wish i would have waited until i saw that in the actual movie so i'm confident they'll do it again for rogue one yeah um yeah, they've done a pretty good job with that. And you know, it's funny because you were talking about like trusting them not to leak too many spoilers and stuff. And I just thought of the final Force Awakens trailer where th there's that shot of Rey in the snow crying and you can see there's like a body <laughs> in front of her and how we were all so sure that that was Han. Yeah, and it's but... <laughs> like, well, we were right about Han dying in the movie, but like that was not him in that scene at all. I mean, the debate was Han or Chewie, I think we remember we were talking about. I didn't even think about it being Finn. Well, see, I thought, I mean, I guess I didn't think about it being a wounded Finn. I just kind of jumped to the assumption that whoever that was was dead and that's why she was crying. But, I mean, I, I did think, I'm pretty sure I remember thinking that looked more like Finn than Chewie. Like, because I could clearly see where, like, the shoulder of the jacket was and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, like, I, I swore by it that that was Han and... 
it ended up not being Han. So yeah. there might be some more stuff like that in future, you know, if they release another trailer or, you know, some more TV spots and stuff for Rogue One. Like, even if you think they show something that reveals a little too much, it might not be what it appears to be. Exactly. So um, should be too hung up on, you know, wanting to be spoiled or, or not being spoiled when watching these trailers. Because, like you said, first of all, I don't think they'll reveal anything. And we could be looking at things in a totally different light <laughs> when we're actually seeing the movie. Yeah. And, and thirdly, spoiler alert, we know the Rebels blow up the Death Star anyways. <gasps> no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. Thanks a lot, Kyle. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yes, we got that trailer and then we've been getting a bunch of stuff, um, from Empire Magazine, uh, which, uh, featured Rogue One, you know, in their latest, uh, issue, which was focused on, you know, the, it was like their big winter movie preview episode. Um, and Rogue One was kind of front and center there. So they released like three different new covers with, um, you know, one showing the heroes. It's got Jin and Cassian and, uh. Let me see. This is like a quiz on my Rogue One character names here. I mean, you don't uh, have them memorized already, Kyle. Well, well, hang on. No, I, <laughs> I, I do to some extent, but I'm, I'm having a hard time. For it's uh, Baze and Chirrut. There we go. And uh, Bodhi Rook, the pilot, and K two S O. Can't okay. forget him. Like I, I, I remember him. I was just saving him for last because he's like right, standing in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a. Uh, you know, another um, cover focusing on the villains. Obviously, we've got director Krennic in the in the front, and then uh, oh, what are those guys standing behind him? Um, those things that Tim really likes. Uh, dead troopers? Is that what they are? Uh, life troopers, actually. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I remember death troopers. I certainly hope you do, or else I don't know. I might be leaving this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's pretty hard to forget those guys. Um, and it's clearly the better cover. I mean, come on. Anything with Death Troopers automatically makes it better. Eh, I don't know. It loses points for having less characters. But you got the Death Troopers makeup for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, know, I know what you're saying. I was hoping it'd be more like The Force Awakens was, where you got, you know, Phasma, Kylo Ren, and Hux, and the Stormtroopers. Like in the background, I was hoping you'd see all the different troopers in this cover, like normal stormtroopers, the shore troopers, those cool tank troopers we see in the trailer. But I know what you mean. It could have been cooler. But yeah, well, also, and I mean, you know, you're an armor guy. I'm a starship guy. So if they, you know, if they went even further with this imperial theme and put some tie strikers back there behind the death troopers, that would have sold. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I know what you're saying, but. Still, I mean, come on. How awesome do those death tubers look? Nah, they, they still look pretty awesome. Um, and then there's uh, also a new cover uh, featuring K2SO. And this is kind of interesting. It's, you know, a little bit more of like a blueprint looking kind of thing. Um, and uh, this is actually Alan Tudyk revealed this on Twitter. Um, but that's a cool looking cover. I, I think this might have been like an exclusive collector's version or something like that. Yeah, I think this was the one subscribers get. Yeah. Um, Cause it doesn't have all the text about, um, you know, the winter movie preview and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's kind of just focused on star Wars and the droid right there. And those subscribers exclusive, they're always hit and miss. Cause just from getting my issues of star Wars insiders, some of them are awesome. Like the last issue I got was that cool IMAX poster. I thought they were giving away during the Force Awakens release where you see Kylo Ren and Finn 
uh, fighting at the end, but it's like in the forest, it all looks like there's thorns surrounding them. I always love oh, that nice. poster. So I'm glad that was on the cover. But then there's sometimes where I look at the issue and they have, you know, what's on the newsstands. Like, I'd rather have that one instead <laughs> of those subscriber exclusives. So they're kind of hit and miss when it comes to that. Yeah. For Empire, I would say this is one of those cases where I'd rather have the Imperial one with Krennic and the Death Troopers than K2SO if I did subscribe to Empire. but Yeah, but you'd rather have Death Troopers than a million dollars, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I had a million dollars, I can buy tons of stuff with Death Troopers on it. Uh, like that's armor, true. figures, anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you had a million dollars, you would just retire from your day job and go be a Death Trooper. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so also from you know inside the issue, they also revealed a bunch of new images from the movie. Um, so some pretty cool looking screenshots here. Like there's. Um, we see one of Bodie Rook, and he's got some binoculars, and he's uh, probably this looks like Scarif, because um, there's you know some trees and stuff in the background, and you can see the rifle of a rebel trooper in front of him. Um, so looking like they're maybe doing some recon, getting ready for a battle. Um, we've got one of Jin and Cassian and K2SO just kind of standing together in front of a building or something. Um, then there's a pretty cool shot of Jin. Uh, just by yourself standing in front of I can't tell if that's like a sunset or something but there's just sort of like a blurry orange light behind her um, and she's in a bit of a different um, outfit than we've seen her in before um, kind of got like a poncho looking thing um, a stormtrooper blaster which I just noticed um, and then you know some typical you know gear belts and all that kind of stuff that they have on star wars costumes and then she's got like a hat on and a uh, you know, pair of goggles kind of similar to um i mean it's definitely like rebel looking because it, it kind of reminds me of like the uh the hoth rebel outfits um just at least in terms of the headgear like with the uh the goggles and stuff but obviously like a different color scheme and it's for a different terrain so um but that's a pretty cool looking uh get up that she's got going on there yeah, when I saw it, I was curious about the lighting of it, too, because it does seem like in the background it's the sunset. But I was thinking when I saw where we got that uh, bits and pieces of footage of her like in the rain in the uh -huh. behind-the-scenes uh, document or feature that we got. And wondering if, because the alpha kind of seems similar to that and where she would be wearing something uh, that's dressed appropriate for when you're in the rain in that kind of environment there. So I wonder if this is kind of either a lead-up to that or, you know, this is that whole sequence is going to take place in the rain and just the lighting is different in that image. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, you know what? Now that I look at it more, I mean, it looks like there might be some crates or something behind her. So, I mean, that could be like an explosion going off behind her. Mm, maybe. Um, Cause yeah, I, I think you're right. This definitely looks like it could be from that rain scene. I kind of thought of that as I was describing it. I was like, that definitely looks like, you know, sort of rain gear or, um, you know, the kind of stuff you'd wear for difficult climates and difficult you know, weather and terrain and stuff. Um, and we've got another, uh, shot of her and Cassian together. Um, it actually looks like they might be going through quite a few different, like, costume changes. Um, uh, or maybe not, because, <laughs> no, well, th actually, this is the same one he has on in the, uh, the picture above that, though. And I'm like... I, I think this is from um, Jeddah, or however you say it. See, yeah. I'm, do, I'm doing pretty well with my Rogue One name quiz here so far. <laughs> yeah, you got the planet um, right. But that definitely looks like a warm planet. And I'm like, why is Cassian wearing like 
a Han Solo Hoth jacket. Mm. You know, on this like desert planet. But who knows? Maybe it's a cold well, it desert. Be deceiving. Yeah, you know, yeah right? maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the uh, the thing that's going to define this. You know, new climate type of Star Wars planet. It'll be a, a desert planet that's cold. Or he leaves Yavin where it's cold and expects it to be cold on Jeddah, but when he gets there, it's like so hot. Then but he how could it be jacket. cold on? How could it be cold on Yavin? It's like a tropical jungle. It could just be a typical time in the rotation of the planet where it gets cold. I don't know. Or maybe yeah, in the possibly. temple, it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and then we've got uh, shots of them out on the beach where it's clearly not cold because Cassian's just wearing a shirt. Um, and actually, I don't know why, but I'm sort of fascinated by like the video or you know the the film crew guy in the background who's holding up just like a big like reflective sphere kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like visual effects guys always carry that around on set for the shots. I know John Knoll was <laughs> always in the behind the scenes documentary for the prequels with that thing. Hmm. I'm not going to pretend I know how it works, but I know it's a visual. Effect, <laughs> yeah, so well, actually, know. yeah, maybe that's like where K2SO was supposed to be. I don't know. Um, but you know, this is definitely like a behind-the-scenes kind of shot. You see uh, Gareth Edwards um, <clears throat> talking to uh, Diego Luna and Felicity Jones, and you know, you got crew and extras in the background and stuff. Um, and then this is an interesting shot where uh, um, there's a shot of Jin and. Chirrut. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's like sitting down holding out a bowl or something. He looks like a blind beggar, like on the side of the road. Um, and so I'm wondering if maybe this is how we're first going to meet him in the story. Um, and it'll be one of those sort of deceiving appearances kind of things <clears throat> where they go to this planet to, you know, maybe try to get help fighting the Empire or hide from the Empire or something like that. They just happen to stop and talk to this blind guy you know begging for money who maybe says some mystical stuff about the jedi and you think well that guy was interesting and then they walk away and get arrested by stormtroopers and suddenly the helpless blind guy gets up and beats all the stormtroopers to the ground with his stick and you're like whoa there's more to this guy than we thought yeah i had a similar thought to that where i agree this is probably the first time Jin is going to meet her where maybe she you know, does an act of kindness, either like give him some food or some credits or something to that effect. And he recognizes or realizes her kindness. And maybe uh, once they get captured, her and Cassian, he sees that and decides to help him out. And that's where we see him take out all those stormtroopers that he does so coolly in the trailers that yeah. we've gotten. And that's how they kind of team up. So I could definitely see it playing out something similar in that fashion. But I definitely do think this is where... Uh, I think they're going to meet Chirrut for the first time, and we as the audience is going to meet Chirrut for the first time. Mm -hmm. And probably shortly thereafter, Baze will <laughs> come up and offer his assistance too. Yeah. In fact, the next picture is of Baze, and he's almost got this smug look on his face, like, ha, you think he's just a beggar, you know, asking for money. Like, wait till you see what he does when some stormtroopers show yeah. up. Either that or he's, like, making a face at Chirrut talking about the force or something because we know he's not going to be yeah. a true believer in the force like Chirrut is. So maybe he's giving that like smug, like, oh, not this again, or you and your force talk. I have a blaster to get me out of danger or something yeah. to that effect. No, and, and I'm not saying the two scenes match up because it looks oh, no, pretty yeah. clear that, yeah, with uh, in this shot of Baze, it looks like he's in a Yavin temple. Mm -hmm. yep. But um, yeah, no, I'm definitely still very much interested to see the dynamic between those two characters. Um, and yeah, see... Cheer, go all uh, 
Donnie Yen Kung Fu on some stormtroopers. And it's going to be glorious. <laughs> yes. Which I'm surprised you think so, seeing that you're such a fan of stormtroopers. Like Stormtroopers, I like, but they've gone so low on my pecking order with clones <laughs> and, you know, Captain Phasma's armor, even first order stormtroopers. Now you got the death troopers, so they're pretty low on the totem pole. So I don't mind uh, seeing them get taken out. <laughs> oh, okay, good. And they already, you know, lost credibility in the Battle of Endor. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. I mean, if a teddy bear can shoot through your armor with a spear, then uh, I guess a guy with a stick can beat you up too. Exactly. Yeah. At least they're going out with some dignity in this battle. <laughs> yeah. Well. Eh, maybe dignity by stormtrooper standards. Yeah, I mean, come on, you're I'm sure Palpatine doesn't look at it as dignity. Well, yeah, but come on, you have a choice to be taken out by a martial arts master who believes in the force, or like you said, a teddy bear with a stick. Yeah, but at least it's a teddy bear with a deadly weapon. Like, well, I, I would. Stick looks pretty formidable too. I, I would. I would expect my armor to protect against a bow staff more than I would against like a sharpened spear. I would <laughs> yeah. hope that it would protect against both. But, you know, clearly the Imperial military doesn't provide for such luxuries. But Ewoks are not going to be as thoroughly trained in martial arts than how no, no. Well, okay. is going to be. If, if we're talking enemies, yes, I'd rather get defeated by Chiru than an Ewok. But in terms of weapons, like, I would feel more embarrassed about, you know, being fully armored and getting beaten up with a stick than, like, <laughs> shot with a bow and arrow. See, I think it all depends more on the opponent than what the actual weapon they're using. Yeah. I'm just saying, either way, stormtroopers are... That's, that's just got to be a shameful and embarrassing job. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of that in this movie, but that's where the death troopers come in to, you know, make the, Empire, the Empire look good and threatening, where the stormtroopers make them look weak and pathetic. Yeah. Except they're still obviously going to let the Death Star plans get away. Well, the death troopers might not be responsible, but someone in the... <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying the death troopers don't bring the plans back. Uh, maybe that wasn't their job <laughs> well maybe it should have been well actually no it shouldn't have been because if it was their job maybe we wouldn't have gotten a new hope I it should know. have been you know the death they should have sent the death troopers to stop or retrieve those plans but they didn't and that cost them yeah well no exactly and that's what i'm saying maybe they should have and then i said maybe they shouldn't have because if they did and they did their job successfully we wouldn't have the original trilogy <laughs> I smell a new Star Wars Infinity story, <laughs> like a what if. <laughs> what you if could the Empire do so said... many what ifs, though. Like, <laughs> what if Han Solo had shot that one TIE fighter pilot and the other one hadn't freaked out and Kamikaze crashed into Vader? <laughs> <laughs> of course, the biggest one is what if the Imperial officer in the Star Destroyer shot the pod, that R2 and 3PO. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we or, be doing or, this at least, or at least tractor beamed it back in. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, there's no life forms. Really? Maybe there's some plans on it instead. <laughs> like I said, eh, it makes for some good target practice anyway. Let me see if I can shoot it down. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you going to do? Keep a spare rebel escape pod? Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah. Well, we... Okay, so we talked about Baze. Did we? Did you get to talk about your... Uh, your other death trooper picture down oh, there? I didn't. Oh, okay. we well, see, we this? were just talking about death troopers. I couldn't remember <laughs> if we talked about the actual image or not. No, we can't end talking about these new images without talking about the best one, obviously. But <laughs> I mean, the, story, the death troopers are it's not a zoomed in shot where you can see their cool helmets, but their armor still looks so awesome. But of course, the big thing you're going to stick out when you look at this image is see how supposedly tall and big they look compared to Krennic. And when I first saw this, I was like, oh man, look how big they are. They look awesome. But then when you look at it, 
more carefully, you see that Krennic is still walking up the stairs to that platform on the Star Destroyer where the Death Trooper is already on there. So that's why they look larger than normal to Krennic. But when I saw this, I was like, how cool would it be if they actually were that size? Just to make them more different than your average trooper and to make them more awesome. So even though it's not going to be this exact uh, difference in size between the, these troopers and Krennic. I think this image is going to stand out to me always because when they look this big, it just makes them that more imposing and threatening and more awesome to me. So I'm always going to like this image for how it portrays them being larger than life, so to speak. Except the more I look at it, the more I think it's more fun to think of it as the Death Troopers are normal size and Krennic is a hobbit. <laughs> 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 oh yeah there is a that is a pretty rather funny way to look at this image <laughs> great you just took away some of its cool factor now <laughs> yeah well i added some com- comedic relief factor uh, is he krennic baggins uh krennic took? <laughs> he's krennic, krennic farquad from shrek yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or krennic brandy bug that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um, okay. And then also, um, we got a little snippet of, you know, some of the actual interviews and stuff from the, uh, ro- uh the Rogue One article in Empire. Um, and it was pretty interesting. This is Gareth Edwards talking about the meaning of the title Rogue One. Um, cause obviously, you know, a lot of us heard it the first time and thought it was going to have something to do with Rogue Squadron and X-Wings and stuff like that. Um, but so far, I mean, it's kind of hard from the trailer to tell, like, is, Rogue One referring to like a person or a squadron or you know what's the deal um and it sounds like it's just kind of a little bit of everything and they just picked it because it's a good sounding title and that it kind of relates to multiple things in the movie but not because it is specifically like one character's designation or something like that um But in his quote here, he says, I'd been thinking about it. What does it mean? Rogue One is a military call sign to some extent. Um, He adds, referring to Rogue Squadron during the Battle of Yavin. But this is the first film that's gone off-piste and is not part of the saga or the Anakin story. So it's the Rogue One. Um, And then referring to Jin, uh, Gareth says it's kind of describing her as well in a similar way. It has all these split multiple meanings that made it feel like the right choice. So I think that's kind of cool. Like... The fact that it's the first Star Wars movie to kind of go off the rails of like the main Skywalker saga and kind of venture into this new territory of, you know, what they could possibly do with these spinoff films. And obviously we know they've got a bunch more planned, so it's not like this is just a one-off experiment kind of thing. But this one is going to kind of set the tone as like the trailblazer. Um, So it is kind of the rogue one in terms of the movies. And so it's weird that it kind of has that sort of, um, I don't know what the term I'm looking for is, but it's almost like breaking the fourth wall in a sense. You know what I mean? Like it it has a real world connotation um, or or a connotation to, you know, relating to like the movie as a film and not as a a story set in the star Wars universe necessarily. Um, But then the fact that it also, you know, sort of relates to Rogue Squadron and the Rebels and then also kind of relates to Jin as well because she's a rogue. Um, So I kind of like it, like the fact that it's and obviously, you know, we're used to the title by now anyways. Um, But the, the fact that it's just like, you know, sort of relates to a lot of things like there are a lot of different reasons why they chose that title and not any particular one of them is like, oh, it's absolutely called Rogue One because of this. It's just like, you know, sort of a little bit of everything. And it's like, it just 
feels like a good fit. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, for me, I mean, it, I think it is kind of cool that they're tying it in for it to be in the first standalone movie, and that goes with the title too. But I would have liked it to be more of a re- from a story point that from the get go they knew Rogue One was going to be a, a great title for it because it had something to do with the story or a particular character, and it just kind of made it seem like you know they weren't quite sure on what to call it and Rogue One, I guess. Kind of fit because they do mention, you know, it is has to do with Jin in a way, and oh, I just don't think we're gonna get a connection to it being the formation of Rogue Squadron. It's still possible, but when I heard Gareth Edwards uh, explain, you know, the meaning of it and for it having some more do, and you know, in the real world circumstance as far as it being the first standalone movie, it kind of made me think it might not be a focal point to the actual story of, of them stealing the Death Star plan. So maybe it will, but I'm kind of not expecting that as much as I was before going into it, thinking that, you know, this might be where Rogue Squadron got its, uh, you know, name from, or referring to Jin. maybe she somehow plays a factor in it. So, I mean, like I said, it's all still possible, but I'm not expecting it to be, you know, the main reason why it's called Rogue One in the actual story of the movie now. So, I don't know, it was kind of mixed on when I heard Gareth Edwards said this, it didn't get me, you know, like oh yeah that's pretty awesome that they're tying it into you know real world meaning i was hoping it to be more in the star wars universe than anything Mm -hmm. yeah and i wasn't like oh my gosh that's awesome i was just like huh that's interesting Mm -hmm. like but you know i'm like i'm okay with that um as long as it has some meaning in the story as well um you know and whether that's relating to Jin or relating to you know rogue squadron or whatever i mean i don't want there to be a you know, I wouldn't want there to ever be a Star Wars movie where the title just kind of jumps out at you as, you know, completely being like, you know, the just a real world description of it and not, you know, having anything to do with the story. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, don't time, need, I don't want... we don't need Spaceballs to the search for more money, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, at the same time, too, I don't want, you know, like anyone, like any character referring to like Jin, oh, you are like you are a rogue one or something so that yeah effect, and so. i don't like, think they'll do that either yeah um and i i do think i mean maybe we will see like the formation of rogue squadron or something but like you said obviously at that at this point that doesn't seem like it's going to be the main focus of the movie i mean we do know that there will be x-wings because we see you know a group of x-wings like <clears throat> flying through that canyon at night in that one shot and then uh, there was also that shot in the behind-the-scenes reel of, uh, like, the X-Wing pilot jumping in his cockpit. Um, so, you know, m- maybe we will see Rogue Squadron a- as part of this. But, you know, again, I, the movie isn't going to be named for them. Because uh, at this point, it, you know, it seems pretty safe to say, like, Jin is not an ace X-Wing pilot. Like, that's not why they recruited her. Yeah, even if it's somewhere, because... For all intents and purposes, it seems like Jin is going to be in charge of this whole operation of leading these rebels. And maybe, you know, they don't have a squad name or anything like that. But later on, those who survive, maybe including some of those X-Wing pilots, you know, because of this mission, they they do become Rogue Squadron. Maybe they don't necessarily, you know, just paint it all out for you and specifically say, you know, Jin was the Rogue One of the squadron. And you'll know that she was the leader of this group. And therefore, you know, technically she would be Rogue One, even though they don't specifically say it. But mm-hmm. the audience would get that idea, or at least uh, Star Wars fans who are familiar with Rogue Squadron and all that. It'd be a cool little way to connect it that way. Yeah, or it could even be cool if, like, um, 
you know, maybe like some rebel commander or something keeps referring to her as a, you know, a rogue and, you know, why do we need this, you know, this rogue around who, you know, is undisciplined and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And then maybe at the end of the movie, maybe she like makes the heroic sacrifice to make sure the rebels get the Death Star plans and then they name Rogue Squadron after her. Yeah. And like I said, technically she would be Rogue One since she was in charge, but since, you know, yeah, they're not going to specifically refer to that, refer to as that, but we would get the idea. Yeah, but even then, like I wouldn't see her necessarily being in charge of the X-wing squadron because that's, I mean, just know, the they whole... usually kind of keep those groups separate. But... Yeah, I know what you mean, but just the whole you know team that's stealing the Death Star plans of that mm-hmm. included some X-wing fighters, and maybe they weren't part of a squadron just yet, and then that group becomes Rogue Squadron or something. Yeah, possibly. Probably looking way too much into this. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> we right. probably should, but. <laughs> It's like we just got an explanation for the title, and now we're like, we need more. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> what does it mean? These have a deeper meaning. Come on, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, we've talked about Rogue One info and images and stuff, and now let's talk about some Rogue One action figures and toys and stuff that we'll probably be seeing uh, come Force Friday. Um, which when is that this year? By the way, that's in October, right? No, actually, part of you know the whole announcement we got with the reveal of these toys that was finally confirmed that September 30th is going to be when they all go on sale. Oh, so. well, there we go. See, that just shows how much attention I paid to the text in these announcements <laughs> as opposed to just looking at the pretty pictures. Um, okay, yeah, I see it in the press release here. Well, no, I see something about a global contest that kicks off September 30th. Oh, yeah, it's the same date because that's when the toys go on sale and fans can start making their own short films with the figures which would make sense oh i see it's like a contest to do this short film thing um because yeah anyway so uh what was released accompanying all these you know info and press releases and stuff uh entertainment weekly which you know is like the one place that gets all the big scoops on star wars stuff um they released uh a couple new things relating to toys, but they released like a new, this video, um, which is going to be the first in a series, I guess, uh, called go rogue. And it's kind of cool. It's like a stop motion animated series using star Wars toys. Um, but of course they've got figures of like all the new characters from rogue one and well, not all the new characters yet. Like it's so far in this one, they've just got Jin and Cassian and, uh, K2SO and a Funko pop figure of, director Krennic and then a bunch of like Lego stormtroopers. Um, but it's, you know, definitely like a cool kind of fun way to, um, kind of show off these new figures and stuff in a way other than just showing images or catalogs or whatever. Um, and it's, you know, kind of targeted at a bit of a younger audience, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I think if you're a fan of Star Wars and especially into collecting figures and stuff like this is a lot of fun. It's definitely, um, you know, goes more for the humorous aspect. Um, kind of reminded me and, you know, it's probably just because it's stop motion and it's Star Wars, but it reminded me of like the Star Wars robot chicken specials, but obviously like a lot more <laughs> yeah. family friendly. Um, but just that kind of like oddball comedy in there. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. Um, and you know, this is just like a two and a half minute video that they've released so far. And like I said, it's got, um, you know, the first looks at some of these new Rogue One figures. Um, and so that was 
pretty cool and entertaining. Um, and then to go along with that, they uh, released a new gallery um, of images at Entertainment Weekly as well, uh, showing off mostly a bunch of new toys of gin. Um, and they've got, you know, the Disney Elite series, and uh, they've got a Lego gin and three and three quarter inch and black series and all this kind of stuff. Um, they've also got a picture of the Lego U-Wing ship, um, also another Funko Pop, um, and, oh, I thought this was a statue, but no, this is, like, part of the, um, one of those <clears throat> little sets of, like, miniature figurine things that you can get, like, from the Disney store, um, so they've got a picture of Jin from that, and then a picture of, like, the whole Rogue One collection, um, and then, of course, they got the big, like, 12-inch figure of her, too, um, And yeah, that's pretty much it. Just a lot of gin. <laughs> you know, it was funny that this came out late last night because August is pretty much over. And I was thinking, man, when are we going to hear some official stuff regarding the Rogue One merchandise? Because we'd heard like rumors and reports as far as when they might go on sale and some images of actual figures have been leaked. But like, when are we going to get this officially announced? Because September is almost here. So definitely glad that we finally got it revealed last night and to mark our calendars of when we can start getting Rogue One merchandise. So, And yeah, as far as the new uh, way they're doing it with the Go Rogue uh, short web series, I think it's a cool and fun way to slowly reveal like officially because <laughs> you never know when leaked images are going to come out of these figures. But it's just a different way to you know reveal the toys for Rogue One in these shorts because I believe that's the plan where because uh, they're going to show these shorts all through September, and in each episode, they're going to show some new figures, and they're kind of going to mix it up. Like you said, you got Black Series figures in there, and the Funko Pop ones, and it's just a unique way to, you know, reveal this information out there. And I like it; I think it's pretty cool. And like you said, the video is pretty funny, and especially the Lego Stormtroopers—they're <laughs> the funniest parts in there. So yeah, it should be fun to look out for those in the coming months or the coming weeks in September and then leading up to when we can finally get them on September 30th and yeah it's just kind of weird thinking we're upon another fourth Friday already it just it seems like yesterday almost we were getting hyped up for the Force Awakens release and all those figures planning on what stores we're going to and waiting online to get those new figure, figures and it's already going to be a year since then and we're going to be doing it all over again for another new Star Wars movie it's just crazy how fast time's flying by with the release of Rogue One. Mm. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, I know you kind of just answered this, but like, do you think you're going to go as all out for Force Friday and for like Rogue One figures and stuff this year as you did last year? Not mainly mm. with the toys. I'm probably going to go as crazy as I did with t-shirts. <laughs> oh, okay. Death Trooper shirts as I can. But <laughs> really, I'm just looking for Death Trooper toys, whether it's, you know, the three and three quarters of Black Series figures or you know, whatever ones they have, though, I'm going to probably get all those. And maybe a K2SO, because he does look pretty cool. But as far as, like, the normal, just human characters, <laughs> I probably won't go all out. I didn't even go crazy with those ones for The Force Awakens. So I just usually like to get the characters, you know, the armored troops or characters with cool-looking masks or cool-looking droids and stuff like that, because mm. I don't have the room <laughs> to get as many toys as I probably used to like i did with the prequels so i'm just kind of picking and choosing for the ones that look the coolest so but definitely gonna go crazy you know like i said t-shirts and all that stuff yeah not i mean i'm kind of the same way in terms of being like picky and choosy about like wanting you know the cool action figures um but i also um 
you know, I like having like the main characters and stuff too, usually. So like for the force awakens and I mean, you know, I've talked about collecting stuff before too. So if you guys have listened for a while, you know, like I mainly just go for the black series figures, um, the six inch ones. And, you know, so I've got Finn and Ray and Kylo Ren and uh, also just because they had them, you know, on Force Friday and I wanted to get, you know, the new Force Awakens stuff, I got the uh, First Order Stormtrooper as well. Um, and then I finally was able to find a Captain, or actually it was uh, our friend Joey who got me the uh, Captain Phasma figure, but um, I've got one of those now. And that's pretty much been it so far. Um, you know, I'm not one of those ones that's got to collect every you know, Guavian Enforcer and Constable Zubio and all that kind of stuff. Um, Which are still available if you want them. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised. Um, but still, like, you know, for for Force Friday, even though I don't go crazy on the collecting stuff, um, I still, for the Force Awakens, had to go out and get, you know, at least just, like, some of the new main characters and stuff. Um, but I have to say, for Rogue One, like, I definitely want a Black Series Death Trooper. Um, I'll probably want a K2SO, but this is one of those things where, like, I'll probably wait till after I see the movie, decide who my favorite characters are, and then get the figures. Mm. Um, you know, just because, I mean, and, you know, I've said this before, like, I'm still, I'm definitely looking forward to Rogue One. Um, it's Star Wars. I'm excited for it. I'm going to go see it. I hope I love it. I'm still not like, I mean, I'm, I'm on the hype train at this point. You know, I watch all the trailers. All Is this that kind clear of on the last episode yeah. of the trailer? Well, yeah. Yeah. But it's <laughs> yeah, already, it's already kind of died down a little bit since then. I mean, when we saw when, as opposed to when we got the big trailer for the force awakens, you know, at this point, two or three weeks later or whatever it's been since we recorded our last episode, I was still watching that force awakens trailer like once a day at that point, the, the rogue one trailer, you know, I haven't watched in a while. Like I watched it a few times. I digested it. I was like, okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm going to go see this movie. Um, but I, I don't know that I'm going to go like line up at midnight and buy a bunch of action figures like I did last year. Um, you know, again, like I don't have a ton of space. I don't have a ton of money. I'll probably, you know, I, I might be better off just like saving my money for when they finally release, you know, the Darth Revan Black Series figure and when they eventually release a Jedi Luke because like that I obviously need to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I mean, a as a fan of Star Wars, like I'm definitely going to have to get something Rogue One related, but I'm probably not going to go, you know, as crazy on the uh, the collecting stuff this time around. Um and even with t-shirts too, because I have a lot of Force Awakens t-shirts that I amassed in a <laughs> that I amassed in a very short amount of time. Um, I've probably got like seven or eight. Like probably not as much as I have too. Yeah, Close it to was ten. crazy. <laughs> like and and me trying to be all trendy and ahead of the game. Like I bought two like unofficial Force Awakens shirts from like you know, T Fury or, you know, yeah. those t-shirt websites <laughs> where you can like buy custom designs and stuff like before there were any official force awakens shirts out there. Um, so I've got a couple of those and then, you know, between force Friday and finding stuff at like Kohl's afterwards, I think <clears throat> I got probably like five or six force awakens shirts. Um, so I made a resolution this year. I was like, I don't need any more star Wars t-shirts cause I, I have plenty. 
And if I buy any more, it's going to be like 90% of my wardrobe. <laughs> See, my motto is you can never have enough Star Wars t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, if I see a really cool one with some Death Troopers or Darth Vader or something on it, I might get another one or two. <laughs> For now, you might go crazy when you actually see them on the store shelves. <laughs> Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm not planning to get any for now, but then when I actually see them, I might end up still getting one or two. <laughs> um, again, you know, got to save my money for when episode eight rolls around, and then I'm going to have like seven Luke shirts. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> one thing to look forward to for episode eight, which was missing in The Force Awakens on all the T-shirts and stuff like that. Luke being on stuff, actually. Yeah, like luke in anything at all for more than 10 <laughs> seconds <laughs> they should just sell like props of luke's beard just like <laughs> <laughs> a little string in the back and you could be luke jedi luke <laughs> huh i wonder if i mean that would be like a pretty good you know you could sell that for like five bucks at a halloween costume shop just be Heck, like they did it for uh when episode one came out i I bought it because I, I don't think they came out with like an actual toy of Obi-Wan's lightsaber. This, this cheap costume one that came with a cheap plastic lightsaber, cheaper than the normal uh, plastic yeah. toys they put out. And it came with a Obi-Wan mask and a little Jedi uh, Padawan braid that you could put on your you know, like ear I, or something. So. I'm pretty sure I remember <laughs> seeing that. So they could do the little Jedi Padawan braid. They could do Luke's beard, I think. Yeah, well, they can do like the Luke Skywalker costume kit and it'll be... Uh, you know, like a beard and a silver glove to go over your hand and like some and, and some tape to go over your mouth so you can't say anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the only way you can wear this costume is if you don't say a word. <laughs> um all right, so where were we? Oh right, Rogue One Toys. Um and before all that official stuff from Entertainment Weekly, uh, there was also, I don't know if this was like a reveal or a leak, but uh, we got a few other new images from the Jedi Temple Archives website. Um, and they've got a couple of like two-pack action figures. There's one with uh, a Death Trooper and uh, Rebel Commander, or Commando Pow. Um, who I think is the little frog looking dude who was, you know, that we all loved on the, the machine gun in the, uh, the behind the scenes footage. No, that's actually someone else. I forget his name, but this is another one of those alien characters. I think you just see him like in the behind the scenes video, just like opening his mouth, but he wasn't the gunner. Oh, okay. Oh, different one. See, okay. There's, there's a, a mark against me on my rogue one alien characters test. Um, <laughs> And then we've got another two-pack with a Scarif Stormtrooper and yeah, something, go ahead and pronounce that name. <laughs> something that looks like a Wampa. <laughs> like, oh, it, wait, it's uh, Moroff, I think. Is yeah. It? I thought it was like Chef Des... Was that the Spanish name? No, for? <laughs> that's, that's French, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's Scarif Stormtrooper Squad Leader. And so then this is like Leader of Squad Stormtrooper of Scarif in French. And then above that, right under where it says Age, it says Moroff. So I'm guessing Moroff is like the Rasta Wampa looking guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh, well, they have a packaging where they should have put then Moroff to the left and then the, the Shore Trooper on there because like 
you got the that's why I was looking on the bottom. You know, it looked like a different language. Like that is a name, but <laughs> Moroff does sound more appropriate. Yeah. Um, also, they I just realized in on the packaging they've kind of got this marketed as like, you know, it's like one rebel character and one imperial character, and then it's got like a versus in between the two pictures. So I wonder if we'll actually see like battles between these two characters in the movie. Mm. Um, yeah, hopefully. And then we've also got a couple of ship, you know, the the toy ships that you can put the three and three quarter inch figures in, um, and we've got the uh, the Rebel U wing fighter and the Tie Striker, which I I am a fan of the Tie Striker. That looks pretty cool. Um, so yeah, some more new toys there. Um, Oh, and then, of course, we've got another picture of the packaging, too, which, again, Death Troopers. Which makes this automatically one of the best packaging Star Wars toys I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't say I disagree with you, because, I mean, the Death Trooper looks pretty cool. You've got some, I guess, AT-ACTs over there and some TIE Fighters, and, you know, it's just very uh, Imperial might looking which is what we like to see on star wars packaging yeah well it it would be it would be better if we could actually see some imperial might in the movies Uh. but (laughs) we're gonna get it in rogue one i just have that feeling yeah well we can hope um we're we're certainly not getting any imperial might from this guy this is just an astromech droid but uh just today (laughs) it was revealed on the star wars show there uh you know just to look at a new droid character that's going to be in rogue one um and this is c2b5 and he's an imperial astromech who looks exactly like r2d2 if he fell into a vat of black paint (laughs) and he looks awesome with that black paint on there Uh, i really like how the astromech droid or i should start calling him by his proper designation c2b5 just that black color scheme i think looks really cool and Surprise, surprise, it goes perfectly with the Death Troopers. So <laughs> hopefully we'll see uh, C2B5 like strolling around between some Death Troopers like on the Star Destroyer or the Death Star or something. I just love the whole black color scheme we're getting in Rogue One with the troops and now the droids. It just, they just make the Empire look that much cooler. Hey, do you know if uh, any toys of this guy are available online right now? I don't believe so since he was just announced today. I haven't seen anything well, as far as toys. Because I'm on Amazon and I see two. <laughs> Funny uh, joke! Uh, I was going <laughs> to say, no, you don't. You're just using that pun. But then I thought, do you actually? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, but I'm sure you will see not just two, but plenty of C2B5 <laughs> figures. Yeah, Maybe not in wave one, but wave two or something like that. Also, other small tangent for anyone who's wondering about the the bad Yoda impression right there, which was intentionally bad. If you haven't seen it, and if you like dumb Star Wars jokes, go on YouTube and just, well, just type in Yoda jokes. And there's this game channel called The Game Grumps where, you know, it's one of those game channels where it's just guys sitting around playing video games and doing their commentary and stuff. But there's one episode where one guy just does this, like terrible but like <laughs> it's it's so terrible that it's funny like impression of yoda and he, it's like a character that he's made up where yoda has like retired from the jedi and become a stand-up comedian and just tells bad star wars jokes in this bad yoda voice and 
it's hilarious. Like, depending on your sense of humor, if you watch this, you will either hate me for the rest of your life or or love me for the rest of your life and will never have seen anything funnier. Um, <laughs> uh, I can attest to that. Ever since Kyle sent me that link, and then that time we went to Disneyland last month and you kept spewing out those jokes, <laughs> that Yoda voice, uh, I was almost on the floor laughing. Yeah, my like you si- said, that Yoda voice so bad it makes it good. Yeah, my sister was the one who who showed me that video and ever since then, I mean, it's been months and we still will just like think of dumb star Wars jokes and call each other randomly in the middle of the day and just like do the Yoda joke and then like hang up. It's like our way of prank calling each other and we just, (laughs) you know, leave each other groaning in pain at the bad joke on the other end of the phone. The jokes are bad enough that they're so, that they become good and funny. But when you add that Yoda impression and that, Funny joke at the end. Oh yeah, it takes it to another it, uh, level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's you guys' homework assignment is go watch that and let me know what you think. And if <laughs> enough people like it, maybe I'll start doing some Yoda jokes on the show. Uh, we can only hope. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm. I'm. The, then people are gonna want it, and I'm gonna be like, oh, what have I gotten myself into? You're gonna put all this pressure on you to not only make good jokes, but doing that Yoda voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, based on the reaction from you, like, I don't have too much trouble coming up with no, you don't. <laughs> good, bad jokes. Uh, especially the one you gave me tonight <laughs> before we're recording. Mm. You should just say it. Come on. No, I'll, I'll leave people hanging. <laughs> there you go. You should No, because seriously, like, you have to watch the original video first to get the context of like, true. the impression true. and stuff. So you, make sure you watch it because you got to hear the joke Kyle told me today. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, Tim wants you all to go watch the video and like it just so you can hear the joke I told him. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Um, it's something you wouldn't think of ever <laughs> being as like a Star Wars joke, but yet uh, crack me up. Yeah. Well, I, I've come up with quite a few. See, well, then, see, I'm building it up too much and. You're going to say it and people are going to go, really? That's it? Wasn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, so, okay, we, we covered all the Rogue One stuff. Um, we've got a couple things regarding other Star Wars movies. Um, and I think, you know, we might have heard some rumors about this before, but recently uh, John Williams was doing a concert with the Boston Pops Orchestra and apparently told the audience that he is returning to work on Star Wars Episode Eight, and that he begins work on it in a few weeks uh, now that they're, you know, done shooting and uh, working on post-production for that movie. Um, so that's very exciting to hear. Um Again, you know, no official confirmation, but if this really is coming from John Williams and not only is he saying like, yeah, I'd like to return to do it, but he's saying like, I know when I'm going to go back and start working on it. Um, that's about as official as you can get as far as unofficial news announcements go. Um, and it's cool because, I mean, obviously, you know, there had even been some question about whether he was going to return to do The Force Awakens and just, you know, with his age and the fact that he couldn't go to London to, you know, travel and record it there like he usually has. Um, but, you know, obviously he was able to come back and do that one and then said he was kind of debating whether or not he wanted to come back for this one. And ultimately the thing that won him over was that he loved Daisy Ridley's performance in The Force Awakens and didn't want anybody else uh, composing, uh, you know, music for Ray's scenes in particular. 
Um, and I'm like, hey, if that's his favorite part of the movie and that's why he wants to come back and score it, that is fine with me. Um, heck, I would be okay if the only thing that John Williams liked about The Force Awakens was Captain Phasma getting thrown in the trash compactor, but he wanted to come back for episode eight and, uh-huh. <laughs> and write a Captain Phasma theme. Like, as long as John Williams is coming back for more Star Wars, I don't care what it takes. You had to bring up the weakest part of The Force Awakens in the didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> hey, but it would be worth it if he does create a Captain Phasma theme. But, no, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. It's just great knowing that I mean, for sure, pretty much 100%, even though we haven't gotten the official announcement. When you hear it from John Williams, you, yeah, it's going to happen. So that's definitely great news. And I'm just hoping that, you know, since he's going to do, he did seven, he's going to do eight. And then he just goes, you know, I have to do nine. There's no way I can not do the last movie of this new trilogy. So um, and hopefully it all works out where he's able to do all three. And then, you know, we'll just have. Even even if they do 10, 11, and 12, we'll have nine full Star Wars movies with music from John Williams, and, which is how it should be. So definitely some good news to, for the most part, get confirmation from. Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, at this point, I'm definitely willing to take it like one movie at a time. I mean, I would love to have him back for episode nine as well. But... You see, it feel weird to me if he doesn't do nine now. It's like, oh, there's that one that he didn't do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it would, but at the same time, like... I know that, you know, he's getting older and all this kind of stuff. And if he's like, you know, in the hospital with, you know, just his, his body giving out on him and he's, I don't know how old he is now, but you know, if coming up on his late eighties or whatever. And, you know, I wouldn't be like, Hey man, get up and go score episode nine. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously like at this point I'll take what I can get, but the more, the better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as he's able to, <laughs> I mean, you'd want him to do it. It just wouldn't feel it would feel weird, like I said, if he did all of them except episode nine and just that last one. I don't want to see say it'd be like the black sheep of Star Wars movies just because it didn't have music from John Williams, but it would be the different one if he did all of them except the last one of this trilogy. Yeah. So, but hopefully yeah. it all works out. And yeah. Thankfully, it- they're, these movies are in production a lot quicker than they were <laughs> before the other six movies so hopefully we'll be able to get it done yeah that's true um but we'll see like i said at this point i'm just glad he's coming back for episode eight and um i mean heck again we've got another star wars movie coming up before episode eight but i'm already excited for that one too so (laughs) (laughs) episode nine is like too far off to think about yeah um and then also regarding the uh young han solo movie um, we got, you know, our official, uh, confirmation that Alden Ehrenreich is playing the young Han. And now there've been a lot of rumors going around lately. Uh, first there was just a rumor that they were looking to cast a young Lando Calrissian, uh, for the movie. And then shortly after that, um, there were a lot of reports popping up that, uh, Donald Glover was, um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the, the directors of this movie, that he was their first choice, uh, that they want to be able to play Lando. Um, which, I mean, I think seems like a good idea. I'm not super familiar with his work, but I know that he's popular and talented and looks, I mean, is not like a spitting image of Billy D. Williams, but um, I, I saw one image where somebody did sort of like a fan mashup, like after this rumor was going around, and they basically just like photoshopped his head onto Lando's body and <laughs> put a mustache on him. And I was like, I can see that working. Um so 
yeah, I, I would be perfectly fine with that. And I'm excited just to see Han and Chewie in this movie. But if they want to bring in Lando too, like that would be awesome. Now, the only thing that I would kind of be disappointed by is, um, I'm just thinking like, if you're going to show Han and Lando in like sort of a prequel spinoff movie that happens before the original trilogy, obviously you'd want to see Han winning the Millennium Falcon from him for the first time. But I I feel like this movie is going to be set far back enough that neither of them might have it yet. Yeah, I know what you mean. And that's one of the things I'm skeptical on about Lando being in this movie. I think it'd be cool to see him, but it's almost one of those things where if they're going to put too much into this Han Solo movie, like checking off too many boxes uh, to get uh, Han Solo's past taken care of, like his meeting with Chewie, his meeting with Lando, getting the Falcon and all that. It seems like it'll be too much for one movie. That's why I was kind of thinking where, because the main thing I want from this movie, as far as like supporting characters are concerned, is the meeting with Han and Chewie for the first time. That's mm-hmm. what I'm really looking forward to and wanting to see. And if, uh, I think it'd be too much if we got the first meeting of Lando in this movie also. So I'm kind of hoping that Han and Lando already have an existing relationship in this movie if he is going to be in it. That way we don't have to worry about, you know, establishing their first meeting along with Chewie. Because I think the meeting between Han and Chewie should be the big moment in this movie. I think it would be pretty special if it's done right. So I want that to be the main focus and not have it, you know, be shuffled between Lando, Chewie, and then getting the Falcon. And Mm. I kind of think, well, we know they did screen tests uh, for the Falcon when Alden Ehrenreich was auditioning for the role. So I think the Falcon is going to play a part in this movie and... See, that's where I'm torn because it does make sense. That, that's a big moment too when Han gets the Falcon. So you would imagine that they'd want to put that in the movie too. And we all know where he gets it from. He gets it from Lando. So yeah, was, maybe it would still work. Like I said, if Lando and Han have an existing relationship, but we see the moment where he gets the Falcon from him, but is not necessarily meeting Lando for the first time. So I don't know. It's just a little bit of skepticism I have with the idea of Lando being in it where it's just not too much putting into one Han Solo movie. So we'll Mm. see how it plays out again. I have all the confidence in the world and the creative team behind this movie and with Lucasfilm. So until they give me reason otherwise to be worried, I'll, I'll be confident in it, but it is something I'm a little skeptical on. Yeah. Well, I definitely think there's room enough in the, in the movie for all of those characters. Um, and I hear what you're saying. Like I would be fine with it if they, if Han and Lando already knew each other going into the movie, Um, but also, so I think you could, I I think you could also have like Han meet Chewie and Lando for the first time in the same movie. I just don't think you could have both of those things happen and have him win the Falcon at the same time. Like, I think if, if he's going to win the Falcon from Lando in this movie, then he needs to have a pre-existing relationship with Lando because I mean, regardless of the, the emotional impact of, you know, the, the Chewbacca relationship also taking place, I think it's also kind of bit of a, a leap to think like, you know, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Han. I'm Lando. Want to play a card game? Yeah, sure. I just won yeah. your spaceship. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I would have to know somebody for a pretty long time before I was willing to, you know, bet my ship to them in a, in a card game. So, um, yeah, it'd be one of those things too, where they know each other and how they work while playing the game. So, you know, Han can be using that to his advantage to get Lando to bet the Falcon. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it maybe would be a little hard to believe if it was the first time they actually met and they're automatically, play, automatically playing a Sabat game. So, 
yeah, I'm hoping it goes that route where he knows Lando already and we just see him win the Falcon from him. Because that could be, you know, his only appearance in the movie, just seeing him win the Falcon from him. Because I don't, know, I don't think Lando's probably going to be a major character in this movie. Just maybe for one sequence, like we're talking about with the Sabat game where he wins the Falcon. So, I don't know. Again, all the speculation. Maybe he is going to have a larger role than expected. But I just hope it all balances out nicely when we're actually seeing the movie between all the characters and Han. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm sure it will. I mean, like you said, I've, I've got plenty of faith in these guys. Um, and it's funny how, you know, and we've talked about this before, there's sort of at least some measure of sort of negativity directed to this movie of people just saying like, well, man, why do we need a movie about young Han Solo? And I'm like, I don't know. We don't, but we get to see Han and Chewie again. So that's okay <laughs> yeah, with exactly. me. I know the first meeting between them, it's going to be so good, especially when you think to what happens in the force awakens. And a little bit after I just finished the novel life debt too. And, yeah, I got some opinions on that, but <laughs> there were some good moments on with Han and Chewie in that book where if we, you know, we got the moment where they first meet and then in The Force Awakens where we see their last moments together, it could be mm-hmm. some pretty powerful stuff. So, yeah, that's what I'm really excited about for this movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so that's pretty much all the movie stuff. Um, and then, of course, you know us, we got to talk some Star Wars Battlefront um particularly uh we recently got some new details about the new death star mode Uh um well actually the new mode is called battle station that's going to be coming out in uh the death star dlc pack uh which is coming out i keep wanting to say this month because i think it's september already but today's the last day of august as we're recording this an hour and 15 Um, minutes it will be (laughs) yeah okay It, it for if we were on the east coast it would be this month um but yeah, so we don't know exactly, uh, we don't have an exact release date yet for this DLC, um, but who knows, our next episode we could be geeking out about that and having already played it, so that's an exciting prospect. Um, but yeah, so they uh, at Gamescom recently they revealed uh, a lot of new details about this Battle Station mode, um, and it, it sounds pretty interesting because unlike, it, it basically just sounds like bigger and more complex than any of the other game modes that we've got in Battlefront so far, um, where it's basically, it's got you sort of battling across these three phases. Um, so it's like one long battle comprised of like almost three smaller matches in a way. Um, and it says in phase one, you'll be flying X-wings and A-wings against TIE fighters and TIE interceptors in space. Uh, and the main objective is for the rebels to destroy enough TIE fighters until their Y-wing support can come in and weaken a star destroyer. Um, so basically, and the, the whole premise of this obviously is that the rebels are trying to destroy the death star. So first it's like this space battle as you're trying to get there, um, you know, sort of trying to approach the, the start the death star and, you know, defeat the, uh, the empire's space fleet or whatever that they've got protecting it. Um, then once you get past the star destroyer, um, phase two, will have players fighting inside the death star. Um, and this is where, uh, you know, we'll get to see Chewie and Bosk as the new infantry heroes. Um, and this is rebel infantry will be tasked with extracting a priority droid from within the death star. Um, and obviously the empire is trying to stop that. Um, now I don't know why we've got Bosk in the death star DLC, but I don't know. I guess they ran out of Imperial just heroes the to pick from. counter to Chewie. He is. Yeah. But I wish they, the I, I wish they had had somebody more 
Death Star themed. Like, I almost want to complain and say, like, I wish they had used Chewie and Bosk for the Outer Rim DLC instead of Nia Numb and Greedo, <laughs> yeah. except that now I really like playing as Nia Numb. Like, he's probably the hero I do best at, which is sad because really all I do is just, like, set up my auto turret and go hide. And, <laughs> you know, I maybe shoot a couple people with my blaster, snipe a couple people with the sniper rifle, maybe get somebody with the proximity bomb, but the auto turret will just... You know, I'll just stick it in a crowded hallway and it'll take out like 10 people for me. That just means um, he's a cheap character. <laughs> yeah, but he's a fun cheap character. Where everybody, Great way to rack up points. Yeah, and where everybody else, you know, gets to run around with like lightsabers and or be Boba Fett and fly around on his jetpack. It is kind of fun to be like, hey, I can hold my own against all these other guys with just a bunch of like weapons and gadgets and stuff. And, you know, and it's funny because, I mean... All we ever see him do in the movies is be the co-pilot for Lando on the Falcon, but um, in the game, like, the the Imperial voiceover guy, whenever somebody spawns for the Rebels, is knee and numb, he's always like, the Rebel arms dealer, you know, has arrived or whatever. And it's like, well, that makes sense, at least for in the game, like, because he's kind of armed to the teeth with proximity bombs and sniper rifles and auto turrets and all that good stuff so i like playing as him but from a, a character sort of in universe standpoint i would have loved to see like ben kenobi as the hero on this map and i don't know who the imperial one would have been yeah the but... only one who would fit would be tarkin but how good would he be in actual battle yeah i can't, <laughs> so. i i can't see tarkin running around with a blaster like i know because i've thought of that before and all i can picture for Tarkin as a hero is just like walking around slowly with his hands behind his back, like barking orders at the, you know, stormtroopers running around. Oh yeah. He, you'd just be controlling like a squadron of stormtroopers who would apply a lot of firepower and be like good shields for you <laughs> to do some damage on enemies where you're not actually Tarkin, not actually in battle, but you're playing as him issuing uh, more uh, competent troopers to take out your enemies and, on the battlefield when you're playing as him, but maybe it would have been a little too complicated and too much going on for that. But. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, whatever. We get Chewie and Bosk. I'm happy about Chewie at least because yeah, he's a long little... time coming. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then anyway, so that's the second phase, and then the third phase of the battle. Um, you go back out into space. You're battling over the surface of the Death Star. And the rebels are actually trying to blow up the Death Star, which I was kind of surprised that they actually managed to work that into a multiplayer mode. Um, I mean, I was always just kind of hoping that we would get like a fighter squadron match uh, that just takes place over the surface of the Death Star. And then I thought it would be cool to just have like a single player mission that was, you know, kind of like Rogue Squadron or something like that, where it's just you against a bunch of AI TIE fighters and you got to try to make your way through the Death Star Trench and blow it up. Um, I mean, it's a little weird to do in multiplayer because, like, not everybody can be Luke Skywalker, you know? Like, it's not going to play out exactly like the movie, but at the same yeah. time, it'll, you know, maybe it will kind of feel like what it was like to just be a rebel pilot in that battle, um, you know, because they didn't know Luke was the son of Anakin, the chosen one Skywalker. Like, they were just all rebel pilots trying to blow up this space station and save another planet from getting wiped out. So, um, you know, it, it could be kind of cool to be like, hey, any one of us could be the one to blow up the Death Star. And I'm sure 
to be the one that actually gets to do it is gonna feel awesome. So I know, and I'm curious how they're gonna work that out with the, the player with the most kills in that match who's gonna be able to beat Luke and be the one who makes the that's the trench run to blow it up and who gets to be Darth Vader on the Imperial side. So. Well, that's what I'm saying though is I mean you get you get Luke and Vader as heroes in the this final space battle. Um but I don't think it's gonna just be like a showdown between Luke and Vader in the Death yeah. Star Trench. Like I think it's gonna be weird. Like, and I I don't know how it's gonna work out. Like I I'm I'm very curious and interested to see how it all plays out, but I'm sort of picturing something where you know, hidden away somewhere on the map is a thermal exhaust port at the end of a trench, and anybody can just try to fly in and go find it. And, you know, once you break away and go find it, all the TIE fighters are going to come after you, and everybody's got to cover your back and whatever. And I'm sure you'll probably have a better chance of doing it as Luke because, uh, you know, a as we know from previous, uh, you know, the, the other fighter squadron matches and stuff, like the hero ships are a lot harder to take down than the regular ones. Um... But, you know, I, I definitely don't think they're going to make it exclusive to, like, you have to be playing as Luke in the hero ship to be able to blow up the Death Star. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm real curious about that final phase of this <laughs> new mode. But I think this mode sounds awesome. I mean, this is probably the most excited I've been for a new mode since Battlefront's come out. This sounds really cool. I just love mm -hmm. the aspect of playing a mode where you're in space flying the ships, then you go inside for ground combat, then you go back in your ships for space combat. It's going to be so much fun. It, this reminded me a little bit of that good old Star Wars Battlefront 2 gameplay where you're fighting out in space and you can just dock into a hangar and fight it out on uh, either you know a Imperial Star Destroyer or a Separatist mm -hmm. ship, Republic ship. It, just, it was so much fun. And to get a little taste of that here, uh, I just can't wait to play it. This looks so good. Uh, I miss that. I know. <laughs> that was what made Star Wars Battlefront 2 so cool. Like, one of the big features of the game, just being able to do that. Yeah, and that still is the biggest thing I miss about, um, you know, the, the Star Wars Battlefront 3 that was in development yeah. from Free Radical. And there was that amazing looking, uh, you know, development footage that got leaked, like, around the same time that the game was canceled. And there was just the shot of the Jedi Starfighter on Coruscant taking off from a landing pad, flying around in the sky, then continuously flying up until it was just out of the atmosphere and into space and then docking in the hangar of a Republic cruiser. And I'm like, one of these days, I <laughs> hope to be able to play a game like that. I'm like, that was 2008. Why aren't we playing that in 2016? <laughs> like, come on. Uh, not to rehash all the disappointments and little nitpicks we had with this battlefront, but they do pop up from time to time, and that's one of them. Where yeah, how can they not have this in this console generation? But and that's not even—I mean, it, it could be kind of a nitpick with this game, but it's also just you know, as much as I'm glad to have a current gen battlefront game, it is you know as much fun as I've had playing it with you and Paul and you know all our other friends that we've played with, like. I love the game. I have a blast with it, but there will always be just a very tiny part of my soul that is eternally crushed by the cancellation of that Battlefront three that could have yeah. been. Yeah, well, like we said, at least this will be a little taste of that. I mean, we might not have the freedom to like, dock it to a Star Destroyer whenever we want during mm -hmm. space combat because this is like going to be planned or set phases in the mode. So, but better than nothing right now i guess <laughs> we'll get get a little taste of it which would be cool yeah for sure um so obviously you know can't wait to get our hands on this and uh 
get to spend a bunch of time trying to blow up the Death Star. Yep. Um, the battlefront fun never ends, at least for us. <laughs> yeah. So whether it's you know pretty soon this month or whether it's towards the end of the month, uh, we will definitely, I'm sure, be talking about this in a lot more detail once we've actually gotten to play it. Oh, definitely. And I'll just fall further behind in the level cap. <laughs> comes out. I'm still at 65 right now. Oh, I wonder if with this they might release like rebel and imperial like pilot costumes that'd be cool yeah because we got the bespin one in that release and so yeah a little something would be nice yeah that i really be want a tie cool. fighter pilot yeah like i mean you don't usually think of those guys running around fighting as ground troops but again heck if you can be a stormtrooper with their helmet off or <laughs> a, a bespin guard fighting on endor then you know why can't i be an x-wing pilot and it makes sense because you're going to be in the first phase flying around in your x-wings and tie fighters and then you go into the death star you should be in your x-wing and tie fighter flight suits mm-hmm. yeah hopefully we'll get that too unless that's going to be you know okay you're in the first phase in the space combat you complete that aspect and then you see like a drop ship from the rebels go into the death star hangar bay and then it's just you know your standard ground battle combat uniform yeah well i mean the concept art that they have here does show like a damaged rebel transport ship in the imperial hangar with chewy and a couple of you know rebel blockade or you know the the tantive four like fleet troopers uh running behind him oh there you go i forgot about that <laughs> but i mean i'm not saying like obviously these guys are going to be in there but you could still have the pilot uniforms too yeah that, that could be the thing that you have to pay to unlock at level 80 which means it'll take me forever <laughs> to get it <laughs> Yeah, you just wait, Tim. Then in December when Rogue One comes out and you have to be level 90 in order to unlock Death Trooper uh, armor, Tim will disappear from the face of the Earth. Yeah, will be like, a- have you seen Tim? Yeah, he's playing Battlefront. That's a Again. great point. I should really get a jump on to keep it up with the <laughs> level caps. <laughs> I mean, I got the Shadow Trooper armor, which is fine for now, but if I know there's Death Trooper armor to be had in that game, I'm going to need to wear it all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, I guess I know what I'm doing later tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so definitely looking forward to that. Um, And then lastly, uh, for you Star Wars Rebels fans out there, um, not to say that I'm not a Star Wars Rebels fan, for us Star Wars Rebels fans (laughs) out there, here, wherever we are, uh, Rebels Season 2 is now out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, so you can, wait, Tim, you already have that, don't you? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yeah. I just, I I was like, wait, I remember seeing like a tweet from you or something about like the bonus features and stuff on there. Um, Yeah. Sadly, the bonus features are pretty weak. They're not that long. And I mean, there's a cool one with Dave Filoni talking about, you know, the Ahsoka Invader fight. And I mean, I can always hear Dave Filoni talk Star Wars. So it was cool, but Mm -hmm. you know, not the best and not very long too. And then. There was a short little documentary about how it connects to the larger Star Wars universe, which really wasn't anything new or exciting. So on the special features front, it was a little disappointing, but man, it looks so good. It looks absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's really seen it. The, like the big moments of season two, like Vader fighting Kanan and Ezra and him and his tight advance and the Siege of Lothal and then his fight with Ahsoka. It's going to be like seeing them all over again. It looks that much better than, of course it does, than how it looks on broadcast TV, which is how I watch them. So I'm sure there are those who 
just download them through iTunes or Amazon or something, and they got a better HD quality already than what's shown on TV. But I think the Blu-ray is probably even going to beat how those look. It just looks super, super good. So, yeah, even if the special features are disappointing, you worth the price just for how great it looks. It just looks phenomenal, I think. So I can't wait to rewatch the whole season again leading up to season three. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to buy this yet or not, but if I do, it's basically just going to be so I can rewatch Siege of Lothal and uh... shoot, what's the last episode? The Twilight of the Apprentice. Twilight of the Apprentice. There we go. <laughs> uh, so I can just rewatch those two over and over again. It's worth it. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah, cool. So that's out there now for those of you who uh, want to be able to pick that up and rewatch uh, all the awesome Vader and Ahsoka moments and everything else from Re- uh, Rebel Season 2. Um, and I think that's just about it uh, as far as news and whatnot. So, um, Tim, any uh, you know mail or anything from the social media front before we wrap up here? No, I think we're good on this episode. We're about done. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and uh, putting up with all of our shenanigans, as always. Um, <laughs> you guys know where you can find us online. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can check out our website at StarWarsTSC.com. And if you've got questions, comments, uh you know, random thoughts about Star Wars that you want to share with us or any funny jokes, um, <laughs> you can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, just about going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Uh-huh.